Well, good morning. Welcome to church on this Sunday in the Easter season. This Sunday is kind of fun for me because we have a guest preacher today. Uh, Lenny Konchwitz is back with us. He's one of the missionaries that we support. Um, in, he's actually working in Ireland with his wife, Callie, and their, um, their son. So I'll give you a little bit more about him when we get to the sermon time. But just as a call to worship this morning, our, our focus is on coming into alignment with God. So think about things that might be out of line with God's plan for you, and also the peace that comes when you get back into alignment. So as we worship him this morning, start opening yourself up to the Holy Spirit, showing you specifically places. And one of the ways you know it's the Holy Spirit is that it will feel, a conviction will feel like a laser focus. This thing the Holy Spirit says I want to work on. When the enemy of our souls does a similar thing, he goes, shame all over you. You're bad. Not this thing, you. It's generalized. And when the Holy Spirit does it, it's always specific. So ask the Holy Spirit to say, what specific thing might be out of alignment in my life? And then as we worship this morning, ask God to bring us back into alignment with his purposes. So now as we begin, I want to invite you to stand. And let's uh, begin with these opening sentences for the Easter season. Alleluia, Christ is risen. And let us pray together. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.
Please listen to the words of the Lord through Psalm 98. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Almighty God, you gave your only son to be for us both a sacrifice for sin and an example of godly living. Give us the grace, thankfully, to receive this, his inestimable benefit, and daily to follow the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated as God speaks to us through his word. The first lesson is a reading from Matthew, chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. You can find this on page 813 in your pew Bible, 813. And when Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and sea obey him? The preaching text for today is a reading from Jonah, chapter 1, verses 7 through 16. You can find this on page 774 in your pew Bible. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his people did not receive him. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The word of the Lord. This morning is a bonus morning because we're gonna get one more reading. Um, our office staff obviously typed in John 1 instead of Jonah 1. So we're gonna, we're gonna fix that. I'm gonna read uh, Jonah 1, 7 to 16. So once again, another scripture. And the sailors on the boat said to one another, come let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation and where do you come from? What is your country and of what people are you? And Jonah said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land. But they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Lenny, come on up here. As I mentioned, we have a guest preacher this morning. Lenny has preached to us before. He's very gifted. I'm grateful for um, him being willing to speak God's word to us today. And Lenny is really a man of the world. He's, he's of German descent, but he's married one of our parishioners. And then they are doing, I just learned last service, they met in Scotland while Callie was living in Spain, technically. They do missions work in Belfast, Ireland, and they're preparing a team to go to Albania on a missions trip. So, you know, <laughs> Lenny's all over the map, but... Um, um, he's arrived here for this Sunday, and so I'm grateful for that. So I want to say a prayer for Lenny and ask you to do the same. Well, Lord, thank you for your servant, Lenny. Thank you for his call. Thank you for his gifts of speaking. I pray that you now, by your spirit, would anoint him, that you would fill him with your presence and your power. And Lord, open our hearts to receive your truth. Lord, we long to have the peace that comes from being in alignment with you. So please grant that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Welcome, Lenny. <clears throat> thank you, Pastor Mike. I actually prepared my message based on John 1, so should I preach on that now? <laughs> Just kidding. So, my name is Lenny. I am from Germany originally, which is why I don't have an Irish accent when I speak English. And um, like Pastor Mike said, I'm married to Callie, who is Lisa and Pat Thurman's daughter. And we so love coming to this church. Seriously, we love you guys a lot. And it's such an honor and privilege to 
be here every time we come home and be the mission of the week and even get the honor to, for me to preach. <clears throat> it's a great blessing. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for all that you're doing to, to help us do what we do in Belfast. Uh, it is really for people and, and churches like you that we can do that. And um, you guys are an extremely big blessing. Thank you so much for everything. We really love coming here every year and enjoy the sun that we don't see so often. <clears throat> and enjoy the cookies too. <laughs> especially me. I enjoy them a lot. We heard about Jonah last week already. Pastor Mike gave us a great introduction about that reluctant prophet who ran away, ran away from, from God and from his calling. And the portion of scripture I was supposed to preach on this morning reminded me of a story that's very dear to me because I was in a storm myself um, about 15 years ago, 25 years ago. Actually, yes, I was nine years old. My little brother was four years old. We were in a motor yacht in Italy with my family and we came into the strongest, ugliest storm I had ever experienced in my life. I mean, we were just being thrown around inside the boat and, and we were just scared to die, literally. And I'm just only glad nobody had the idea to throw me overboard and, and <clears throat> think that this would somehow appease whatever deity. And, uh, but what we did is we cried out to God. We said, God, save us. I mean, even if you don't believe in God, that is the moment where you start praying, right? And so we prayed and probably not even a minute after we prayed, such a peace came into the boat that both my brother and I fell asleep. And that's not normally what you do when you are in danger of your life, right? You don't just sleep. You know, when the lion looks at you, wants to eat you, you don't just lay down and, and rest in peace. You know, you, you, you fight, but fight and survival mode were somehow replaced by a sense of peace. And so every time I read the story from Matthew 8, or the story of Jonah even, I'm reminded of that, and I realize this Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, is very, very real. And this is what he came to bring us, peace. And actually, I believe this is what everybody is looking for. This is what the sailors were looking for in the story of Jonah. This is what the disciples were looking for in the story with Jesus. This is what all of us are looking for. The whole world is looking for a sense of peace, not just in, in our external environment, not just in our circumstances, but, but a peace in our hearts. And people do all kinds of sometimes weird things to try to connect with this peace and to somehow get it inside of them. And, I mean, the sailors in Jonah's story, they prayed to every god they could think of and probably sacrificed or whatever and prayed and nothing happened. And so they said, all right, it doesn't work. We need to find another, another prayer that, that maybe worked. Hey, Jonah, why don't you pray to your god? Maybe, maybe you have an idea. And we know the story. Jonah prayed and uh, actually, I don't know if he prayed, but even if he prayed, nothing happened when he prayed either. <laughs> so Jonah knew, okay, I think what happened here is these poor guys are suffering because I am not in alignment anymore with my, with my calling and with the will of the Father. And so this is the one thing that I really learned from this story when I prepared for it. When I, when I read through it, I realized the one thing that stood out to me is coming into alignment with the Father, being on the same page again and with His purpose, that is how peace is ushered into our lives. And only that. So we have Jonah here, and I asked myself, okay, why, why did Jonah come out of alignment in the first place? He was a prophet. He was anointed by God. Why did he run away? 
And there are probably several roots and reasons we can identify, but, but the one that stood out for me the most was, I believe Jonah had an anger issue. He had wrath in his heart towards Nineveh. Nineveh, the people of Nineveh were the, the terrorists of the day. Okay, they would send people to Israel and just harass them and kill them and torture them. And Jonah hated those people. And he said, there is no way that I'm going to <laughs> carry the love of God to these people. He had wrath in his heart. And I believe that is really an issue that humanity has in general with each other, that we just hold on to this wrath. And it is this wrath that brings us out of alignment with the purpose of the Father. And I believe that the father actually looked at the situation and he said, okay, I'm not going to kill and punish Jonah. I'm actually going to use this story as a beautiful illustration of my patience and my long-suffering and my compassion and love, even for the enemies of my people Israel. As you've heard, we come from Belfast, Northern Ireland, and most of you will probably know that for centuries, that country has been afflicted by, by wars and troubles and terrorist attacks inside the communities because people are not willing to get rid of the wrath they have in their hearts. They're just not willing to forgive. They're not willing to give up their anger. They're running away from God's purpose. See, I believe the Irish people have a purpose to bring God's kingdom and gospel to the nations. I mean, the Irish, they go everywhere. How many here in this room have some kind of Irish roots? <laughs> okay. Yeah. How many Irish pups are there in the world? I mean, they're everywhere, right? And the Irish monks were the ones that carried the gospel to Europe and evangelized the whole continent after the collapse of the Roman Empire. And there is a strong calling on them. But I believe that, that their effectiveness in, 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 in living out that calling has strongly been affected by, by their inability to get rid of this wrath and anger. We live in a city with more than 90 walls separating Catholic from Protestant neighborhoods. So one thing we did is we started doing Holy Spirit evenings in West Belfast, which is in the Catholic side of town, and we invite Protestants and Catholics to come. We invite the Holy Spirit, and we just pray together, we worship together, because we believe people who pray together stay together. And we've seen wonderful things, amazing things, God move in powerful ways. We've seen miracles in our prayer meetings. We've seen people getting healed, and, and we really trust and believe that the last word is not spoken there yet. And that when the Prince of Peace comes and people align themselves again with the Father, peace will be ushered in. This is what we all want. This is what we all need. So to come back to Jonah now, here we have him, angry, full of wrath, uh, running away from God. And the further he drifted from his calling, which was to go to Nineveh, so the further he, he distanced himself from Nineveh, physically in that boat, literally, the stronger the storm became. I believe that many storms in our lives are caused when we step out of alignment with the Father. Now, I'm not saying every storm, but I believe many storms. And the poor sailors in this story were the ones who paid the consequences. Okay, good old Jonah was sleeping here under deck, and he didn't even know there was a storm. He was sleeping, the Bible says. Now, I believe his sleep was probably a bit guilt-induced. Okay? He was probably feeling really bad and maybe exhausted and just kind of fell asleep. And the sailors, who had absolutely nothing to do with Jonah's disobedience, nothing, they were the ones paying the price. 
they had to throw their cargo overboard. All their investment was probably in that cargo and that shipload. They were, their job, their livelihood depended on them bringing that, these goods and cargo to, to Spain, which is where they were headed. And they had to throw it overboard. And they were desperate. They, they probably needed counseling after that boat trip. <laughs> Why? All because of Jonah's disobedience. You know, I wonder how many people in the world need counseling because we are reluctant to do what God has called us to do. I wonder how many people are losing, how many people are going through storms in life because the prophets of God, us, the representatives of God on earth, are reluctant to step into our God-given role. It's kind of funny to think about this, isn't it? So what does Jonah do? Thank God he manned up after they wake him up. And he says, okay, I have to get back into alignment with the Father. I don't, I don't know how. There's no other boat that goes the, different, the other direction that I can jump on. There's only one way for me to end this. I have to jump overboard. This was his way of repentance. Now, think about this. I don't believe that Jonah in that moment was aware of the rest of the story. He might have been a prophet, <laughs> but I don't think that he already prophetically saw this fish come and swallow him up, spit him out in Nineveh. I don't think that prophetically he saw that the sailors were all going to turn to God and repent after the storm calmed down. I don't think that, that Jonah saw that his life was going to be written in a book called the book of Jonah, which was going to be part of what we call the Bible. I don't think that Jonah prophetically knew that thousands of years later we would be sitting here in sunny Florida talking about him and drawing inspiration and encouragement from his story. And I certainly don't think that Jonah knew that his whole life was supposed to be a type and a shadow of the Son of God himself. I mean, if you look at the bigger picture, if you look at what God must have seen from his eternal perspective when he saw all of this play out, God was not threatened by Jonah's reluctance. In fact, God in his absolutely genius, redemptive purpose and power, he just said, all right, I'm going to make this a beautiful story. I'm going to actually use your life as an illustration for what my son is going to do later on. Beautiful. God is not threatened by that. And so Jonah didn't see all that. For him, jumping overboard meant I'm dead. <laughs> How many of us are reluctant to obey God because we sometimes don't see the bigger picture? How many of us are hesitant to step out by faith sometimes and maybe repent and it costs us something that's maybe, maybe it feels uncomfortable and so we're hesitant to come back into alignment with God because we don't see the bigger picture yet. I want to encourage all of us that God is a genius in redemption. And when we come back into alignment with him, his peace is ushered back in. And not only that, there is a bigger picture that looks glorious, just like we see in the story of Jonah. Now, I just touched on the, I just touched on the fact that Jonah was a, a shadow and a type 
of Christ. And I think this is such a powerful thing for us to, to learn that the whole Old Testament, all the stories we read there, the, the prophets, all of that is always supposed to point to Jesus. And it's one for me personally, one of the most, most faith-building experiences is when I discover Christ in the Old Testament. So what we have here is Jonah and Jesus, both in a storm, both sleeping. As we read in Matthew 8, Jesus was sleeping. And we have sailors and disciples, the board crew, both freaking out. And we have both of them having to be woken up by them and do something to stop the storm. Only that Jesus, in this case, he didn't jump overboard. He commanded the storm to be quiet. And it said, a great calm came upon the sea. I love this because what Jesus is basically doing here is he's communicating to his disciples, hey, I am God. Remember Yahweh in the Old Testament? He was the one who calmed the sea. Guess what? I am he. It's powerful. But Jonah's illustration, Jonah's foreshadowing of Christ did not stop there. Jesus himself later said, just like Jonah spent three days in the belly of the fish, so the Son of Man has to spend three days in the heart of the earth, which meant he had to go into the kingdom of death for three days, days and then come back up alive again. Because Jesus is the perfect alignment with the Father. He is the perfect fulfillment of the purposes of God. And he is the Prince of Peace. He is God himself. And he said, I'm going to come down and I'm going to throw myself into the, sin of sea, into the sea of sin, into the ocean of despair, into sinfulness, into the abyss, death. I'm going to jump right in there, just like Jonah did in a way. And I'm going to swallow up death in myself. And now we can say, death, where is your sting? Now we can say, Thank God for Easter because Christ came out of that grave and he has swallowed up death and sinfulness in his own body and he came back out of the grave in the new resurrection body. And Jonah was somewhat of a foreshadowing of that, of the most significant work ever done in the whole world. Jesus said, if you look at me, you see the Father. If you come into alignment with me, if you abide in me, you are in the perfect purpose of the Father. So I want to ask you this morning, if you have ever actually fully understood and received that Christ alone is your perfect alignment with the Father and abiding in Him is the Father's purpose for you. If you haven't done so yet, please do so. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's the only thing that can really usher in the peace that we need. But then at the same time, I want to ask you if there are specific things that you can think of that have, you know, caused you to not be so much in alignment with Jesus anymore. Ask the Holy Spirit, like we heard this morning, and trust that, that he will speak to us and show us specific things that we should do or maybe should not do to come back into alignment with the Father. And lastly, I want to encourage us to, to make the Father's priorities our priorities. And I believe the Father's priority really is, is that we love one another well. You know, Jesus said, I give you one new command, that you love one another the way I have loved you. He raises the standard. See, in the Old Testament, the standard for loving your neighbor was the way you love yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, that's fine, that's good. I'm going to raise the bar. Love one another as I have loved you. 
Can you imagine how many storms in this life, in our societies, would immediately be stilled and calmed down if people started implementing that? If we were willing to lay down our lives to one another, if we were willing to, to be in alignment with Christ in the Father and pour out our lives. I think all the walls in Belfast would tumble down immediately. I think so many storms would be stopped if we came into that alignment again and made that love, that lifestyle of Christ a priority. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and to be like a master surgeon and to align us again with the will of the Father, to align our bones, to align our bodies, to align our, our hearts, our spirits, our souls. We ask that you align us with the Father in Jesus Christ and that we would be truly a people who will carry the light of Jesus Christ to the ends of the world, that we would not be reluctant and run away, but that we would come into alignment with you. And I ask you that you would give us grace to see how walls will come tumbling down all around us as we obey you, and as we usher in your peace into this world that so desperately needs it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We respond now by joining in praying for the church and for the world. I invite you to kneel if you are able for the prayers of the people. Let's pray. Lord, you saved the sailors who prayed in the book of Jonah, and you still save everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Thank you for bringing us from death to life. Thank you for Jesus who took on the storm of sin to save us. Lord, empower us to tell of your salvation to those whose lives are sinking without knowledge of you. Give us opportunities this week to share Jesus with others. Remove our fears and give us wisdom and boldness to share your good news. Pray now for someone in your life who does not know Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. By your resurrection, you broke the bonds of sin and death. We pray for the needs of our nations and of our nation and the nations of the world. Lord, break the bonds of corruption and vainglory in the world's leaders. Break the bonds of religious or ethnic violence. Work in our world's leaders to usher in the hope and reconciliation offered in Christ. This week, we pray especially for Lenny and Callie's work in Belfast. Empower them to equip a new generation of leaders who make an impact for your kingdom around the globe. Protect and strengthen their church to bring reconciliation and redemption to Belfast. Let their mission trip to Albania foster a mission culture in their church and bring the gospel to Albania. Offer your own specific prayer for a need in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Your resurrection hope has given us a new vision for our city. 
Let our schools and workplaces reflect your kingdom vision. Kingdom vision. Give hope to the homeless, to oppressed women and children, to those who, who are suffering from unemployment, depression, and despair. Let us be always ready to serve and to share the hope we have within us. This week, we pray especially for the sailors here in our city. Bless each member of the Navy here in Jacksonville's bases and those who are deployed. Also draw near to the commercial boat crews, merchant marines, and private boaters. Keep them all safe as they work on, work on and enjoy the waterways and ocean you have created. Offer your own specific prayer for a need in our community. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you are our true source of healing. May all who suffer in the valley of the shadow of death and disease know your healing presence and resurrection power. This week we pray especially for Stella Merching Vaughn, Wayne Marshall, Carol Hart, Nancy and Sandy Morris, Wanda Witt, Scott McAllister, Paula Starnes, Roberta Harkey, Roland Dufrance, Dick Sadler, Fred and Ruth Shively, Kay Bouchelle, Erlinda Johnston, Blair Roberts, Steve Schmid, and Jared Ellis. Offer your own prayers for those who you know are sick or suffering. Lord, in your mercy. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus, the Lord and giver of life. Amen. And Father, this morning we also pray for your servant, Mark Eldridge, and especially his mom as they grieve the loss of his dad. Draw near to them, Lord, and bring your comfort. And now, Father, as we uh, consider being in alignment with you, we ask your Holy Spirit to come and shine into our hearts. Show us anything this week that we've done or left undone. Uh, that we need to confess. Come, Holy Spirit. Now let us together join in confessing our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. We have so many strong assurances in Scripture of God's forgiveness. Hear these words from Psalm 103. The Lord does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Whatever you've confessed this morning is therefore forgiven, because God promises it. Now as a forgiven people, would you please stand? The peace of the Lord be always with you. Please greet one another as a sign of God's peace.
please be seated. I'd like to give you some instructions about what we do next as a response to God's Word. It's at this point in worship that we come uh, to the Lord with our tithes and offerings, and those are financial gifts that we give as an act of worship. It's one of the ways that we bring our lives into alignment with God's kingdom by investing in His ministries and His missions. Um, I know many of you give online, and one of the things that we do here is we just throw a $1 bill in the plate as a symbol of our gift, because it's something powerful about coming into God's house with a physical offering. So I want to encourage you to do that if you're an online giver. If you're a visitor this morning, um, please don't feel any obligation to give anything. You're our guest. We're grateful that you're here. Um, But I would love to know that you're visiting with us. So if you don't mind, please fill out a connection card and drop that in the plate when it comes. I'll just send you a a letter midweek thanking you for your visit and giving you some information about the church. Also, we we have prayer ministers that will be available this morning for anyone who has a prayer need. They'll receive communion first and then be available on that side of the transept over there. Also, if um, you have a prayer request that you want to write down on the back of a connection card, you can do so and drop it in the plate. And we will lift that up uh, throughout the week in our morning prayer time, Monday through Friday. It's an honor and privilege for us uh, to pray for you. Um, Also, if you are a baptized follower of Jesus and you are walking with him, even if this is not your church home, you are welcome at the Lord's table here. And what we'll do is we'll come forward and kneel, or if you're unable to kneel, you can stand at the rail. Uh, We'll line up from the center out to the side, and you'll hold out your hands like this and receive a wafer of bread, and then a chalice with real wine will come, and you can either eat the bread and then take a sip from the cup or you can dip the bread in the wine and then eat it. And if for any reason you'd rather not receive communion today, you're still welcome to come forward. Just cross your arms like this over your shoulders, and we'll say a prayer and ask God to bless you in place of the bread and the wine. Also, if you have a gluten aversion, we have gluten-free elements, and they're on this side over here. So even if you're in that uh, side of the church, just cross over and come here and let us know, and we can provide a gluten-free option for you. So now as we prepare our hearts to come to the Lord's table, let us ascribe to the Lord the honor due his name and bring offerings and come into his court.
things come from you, O Lord, and of your own have we given you. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. But chiefly we are bound to praise you, for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was sacrificed for us and has taken away the sin of the world. By his death, he has destroyed death itself. And by his rising to life again, he has won for us everlasting life. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. I invite you now to kneel if you're able. Otherwise, you may be seated as we continue in prayer. (laughs) 
holy, holy, holy and gracious Father. In your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and to die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. For he stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. For on the night in which he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of your sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, together we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. We pray that you would sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and the blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life that we have in him. And sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all of your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, for by him and with him and in him and the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. These are the gifts of God, and they are given for the people of God. As you take them, remember, Remember that Christ took on the storm of sin and death for you to forgive you and to give you a place at his table. We do this in remembrance of him. Amen.
Let's now together join in giving the Lord thanks for feeding us. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Obviously, the mission of the week this week is the building in Belfast Mission. In your bulletin is a little insert that describes some of the ministry of Lenny and Callie. I think we've got some slides. Um, there's a couple pictures of some of the gatherings and different things they're doing with the university students around the city of Belfast, as well as their gathering as a church. Um, one of the things that is so interesting and challenging about university work is that every three years, their entire ministry turns over. So they've come constantly got to be recruiting the next group of leaders, the next group of students. But on a good side, they are really sending people out. All of them, every three years, are being sent out. So that's really powerful. And they really have a heart to go to the nations. Um, so uh, I want to encourage you to stop and talk to Lenny and Callie after the service. Um, ask them some about their ministry, what's involved in it, why Ireland, how they get there, all of that sort of stuff. And I want to say a prayer for that ministry right now. So would you please join me? Well, Lord, I want to thank you um, for the Conchwitz family. Thank you for the mission you've given them to Belfast. Lord, I ask that you, the Lord of the harvest, would raise up more laborers, student leaders, other adults, people that will come alongside of them and help. I pray that you would bless their church. I pray for um, you to give them a strengthening of the gift of evangelism that they would be able to strike up conversations very quickly and naturally with people, that the aroma of Christ, Lord, would just emanate from them and people would ask, why are you different? Lord, would you provide for them in resources as well as leaders? Keep them safe, Lord, and protect them. Bless what you are doing in that city. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, couple other quick announcements. One is we have a number of people that want to go to the Alpha and Rooted retreats that are already on the schedule, but are short financially. If you could provide a scholarship or a 